This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. So I think most of us grew up our whole lives working our asses off to get amazing jobs in our adult lives. And, you know, the big the big trick about having a job is pretty much as soon as you have one, you spend every day fantasizing about leaving it. <laughs> no matter how amazing your job is. Mm-hmm. And I am a person with an amazing job. My name is Lisa Benson. I'm the host of the Cosmopolitan.com Happy Hour Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another episode. And today we are talking about quitting jobs and the fantasy and sort of throwing up your hands and storming away from the office and never looking back. <laughs> so I am joined in the room by two very very good friends of mine who have both quit jobs in varying degrees of dramatic fashion. Um, to my right is Gina Kaufman, my roommate. She's been on the podcast before. Hi, Gina. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Um, Gina is a social media manager at Elle Magazine. Um, and before that, had a long, boring life as a lawyer that she totally blew up and walked away from. It was so boring. It was so boring. It was the most boring life it of all so, so Gina's going to talk about being bored to death. Um, and also my great friend, Dara Dio. Hi, Dara. Hi. 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 Um, and Dara was part of the reason that we're doing this episode today because I was chatting with her after she recently left her most recent job. She's currently working as a preschool teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, basically told me as she was leaving her job that she's a huge fan and advocate yes. of leaving jobs. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You're, um, we did an episode, Dara, we did an episode on the podcast a few weeks ago about side hustles. It's basically uh. like your side hustle is encouraging people to leave their jobs. Yes, is that fair exactly, to say? Exactly. Is that fair to say? Okay. So I feel like what I want to start, I think the reason, okay, and I obviously love my job. I love working at Cosmo so much. But no matter how much anyone loves their job, I think there is, like I said, this fantasy about walking a, a, walking away from it. And the reason that most people don't mm. is because they're scared. Mm-hmm. You guys, I want you both to tell your stories about sort of leaving your jobs. But I want to know first in a word, like, was it scary? Yes or no? Or was there some different feeling about it beyond sort of this fear? Because that's what holds most people back. Dara, what about you? Um, Like, if you had to describe quitting in a word. It was um, peaceful. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm peaceful I had to I mean obviously I was afraid because I was like oh my gosh I'm not gonna have a regular paycheck for a little bit but ultimately I had a piece of leaving because I was like I was more fearful of staying there and like just being stressed out and turning into this horrible human than just leaving and finding myself again right right Mm -hmm. Gina what about you it was definitely scary although when I quit my job, like mine was actually like the least dramatic quitting story ever, which I guess we'll just like get into in a minute. Right. But I feel like I was sort of doing it like I 
I guess I'm just I'm gonna still You're gonna la- tell I'm just gonna story. launch another yeah, story. Okay. Okay. So when yeah. I left my job, I was working in an insurance company. I was a lawyer, but I was working in the claims department of a an insurance company and the company decided to move my department out into New Jersey, which would have been like a two hour reverse commute for me, which I was not about to do because I absolutely hated the job. Like it was so boring. I was so bad at it, like painfully bad at it. I can't but you believe you also worked there for five years. I, four years. Four years. Four years. It's shocking I didn't get fired because it was just I was a job I was really not suited to. Like I was unhappy with it. I didn't like it. I liked the people I worked with, but the job was terrible. I remember you told me once that you had very like nine to five hours and I remember you told me you would wait until like four fifty one to do all of your phone calls knowing that people wouldn't have time to call Ah, you back. I love it. Yeah, I never called anyone back when I knew they would answer. (laughs) Killing it. I hated answering the phone. (laughs) Whatever, I hated that job. So anyway. I feel like your whole job was basically that, like, I've never even seen this movie, but Confessions of a Shopaholic, when they're like, did you just Google finance? Yeah. Yeah. I was basically, I literally would Google, like, insurance. (laughs) Things. Amazing. Anyway, I was maybe not quite as bad as it I'm at, at it as I'm making it sound, but I was bad at it. Uh, but anyway, so they decided to move my department out to New Jersey. So I didn't technically lose my job, but I did not want to do a reverse commute for this job. I hated. I'd been wanting a new job for a long time anyway. So I basically turned down the offer to do the reverse commute. I actually ended up turning down an offer to do a similar job that would have stayed in Manhattan, but it would have been very similar to what I was doing, which I hated. So I kind of took a voluntary layoff, but I had this crutch where I still had to work for a few months and then I got some severance pay Mm. and like thought I had a backup place to live. (laughs) So I was scared to do it anyway. It still felt like a really big decision. I had to like call HR and be like, if I turn down this other offer, can I still quit and have severance? Which I don't think they'd ever had anyone ask them that question before. <laughs> You're they like, I'm stunned. basically dying to yeah. quit. They're like, so you don't want to accept the second job offer? And I was like, right, but only if I still get severance. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, Amazing. I'll take your crappy job. Right. Um, so I think they were a little stunned by that. And that was scary to do. And like, you know, I did. I mean, I didn't have to. I'm a grown ass woman but like I told my parents about it and my dad was like what are you thinking turning course, down a job like <laughs> look for a new job so like that part of it was scary but I do feel like I had a lot of a crutch like I knew I had like four or five months of pay between severance and still working to find a new job so I was scared but like yeah I feel like I was sort of like had this cushion but like in retrospect having done it once now I feel like I have much more of the like just quit attitude mm-hmm. like having gone through the little bit of scariness and like the scariness is worth it yes anyway so that's absolutely. my story. <laughs> it's almost like you guys are in the quitters club and now uh-huh. that you've done it seems like the scariest thing in the world but now that you've done it and yes. survived it's like you guys can't stop encouraging other mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. other people to quit yes um dara so do you want to talk a little bit about you don't have to mention your specific recent yes. job if you don't want to but do you want to talk a little bit about how yeah. you came to the decision to absolutely quit? so my most recent job was in media and um it was the second time i ever quit a job in media <laughs> first one you're a serial quitter <laughs> yes. Um, And so basically I was just working at this publication and I was like, you know, their managing editor and I was just managing the website and um, helping manage the print. And um, it was a topic that I wasn't necessarily interested in, um, but I made the best of it. 
And um, and you were there a few years. Yeah, I was there for maybe a year. I mean, maybe a little bit over a year, I would oh, say. Okay. But so I think I was planning to leave like, oh my gosh. So I left. About in, a month in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I mean, a month in, I was just happy to have a full-time job that was going to give me health insurance and all that stuff and like good money. <laughs> and um, But then I would say about six, seven months in, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't like this place. Um, but was, I, it, was the job different than you expected, or you just felt like after six or seven months, you became sure it wasn't what you wanted to do? Um, I think the second, like I was, it was just sure it wasn't something I wanted to do, and. I just, it was like the only thing, I feel like being an editor was the only thing I really knew because right. like you mentioned before, it was like I went to school, I had all these internships, I was in and out of magazines and websites. Right. And well, that was the same mm-hmm. as Gina who literally mm-hmm. like has a law degree that you'll never use again. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but so well, you guys, money well spent. Yes. Money well spent. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Sorry. So, yeah. That. So like I was gung ho, you know, right. like you I was, done this your whole yeah, life. I was like, you know, I would say I was basically like seven years in, in, in this industry from mm-hmm. just school as well. And I, I was like, okay, this is all I know. So I was looking for jobs while I was there, but I like went on like 10 interviews and nothing ever panned out. And for me, you know, I was like, this is a sign that like maybe I just need to get out. So, you know, December comes around, we're working on our latest issue and I'm obviously over it. Um, But I'm just going through the motions. I'm doing my best because I believe in just doing your job. And then January comes around and I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) And, you know, but I was also thinking I've got to... because what I learned from the first time of quitting my job is it's best to do it at the beginning of the year or beginning of the month because then you have health insurance for that month oh. and they give you your quitting hacks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So if you quit at the beginning of the month, you get your health insurance for that month and you also get like let's say you quit at the beginning of the year, you get your vacation pay as well. Oh. So um I was so <laughs> January <laughs> yes, one. January is the best like, basically. But don't they like prorate your vacation yeah, pay? Yeah, something like I've that. To, let's be accurate about the quitting. Because <laughs> like, I'm just saying I've been laid off before and they did not pay me on my vacation. <laughs> and so I was just like, let me do this. But it was like the second week in January. And I was like, you know, let me just make it to February. And then, you know, I'll just have February month of health insurance. And then, but it was like the midweek of January and something you happened. Yeah, it. something happened in the office where literally the next day I was like, mm, here's my resignation letter. Oh my gosh, that's uh, like out of the movies. Yes. I was like, um... Wait, you don't have to tell us the story, but can you hint at what was so dramatic that you were like, here's the letter? Um, So, you know in Devil Wears Prada... Oh, I do. ...where um, the Cerulean Blue incident? Yes. So it's something like that, but like imagine someone just screaming and oh like gosh. at the top so of their lungs. Boss, like man, yes, mansplaining is boss explaining. Yeah, basically something to the point where like, everyone literally. Feels like yeah, it was uh, okay. out of control, and like you know, in Devil Wears Prada, like um, she had a lot of those little incidents where she just like you know explained things like you know condescending or whatever. Right, but. Um, this was like next level and I was just like yeah this is the last time I'm gonna put up with this did and you or did you not throw your phone into the fountain no <laughs> <laughs> style. did Adrian Grenier who who I once saw at a restaurant he was very small oh my god make you so- a grilled cheese <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness no, no. unfortunately instead no instead of this podcast should we just play the yes. double Prada? Exactly. I don't think we have the right song <laughs> oh, cancel <man>. that plan <laughs> oh man but like I like 
I since I've quit before, I like I tried to do it in the most classiest way. Um, so what did you actually? You said a resignation letter. Yes. Was that real? You wrote yes, a letter. Yes, like I wrote okay. the letter. Um, did it say it? Did you use a template in Microsoft Word? It was like <laughs> resignation letter. No. <laughs> Hilarious. Actually, I googled. <laughs> and I just made sure, you know, I had the date. I just was very clear, like two sentences. Um, this is my resignation letter. This is my last day. And most come. So wait, mm-hmm. did you have to email your boss and be like, "I need to meet with you urgently," or you just like popped in the office? Basically, I just popped. Hi and bye. Okay. So basically, what happened was just that I emailed the to HR first because what I also learned from quitting is you need HR on your back. Yeah. Like if you want three weeks of like I'm gonna leave HR will usually be like to your boss she's getting her three weeks right but it was different this time so I you have so many quitting <laughs> so I emailed HR that morning you know as soon as my boss got in because she always got in a little bit late I got um I so like wasn't like there was like this long out window of time for her to find out right not for me so I emailed HR and then she comes in as soon as she comes in and then I go into her office is like hey I need to meet with you so um Mm, February 3rd is going to be my last day. (laughs) What a way to leave. And I was like, so I don't need to be in this next meeting. (laughs) She's like, she was very stunned. And I just walked out. And um, I think for her, I mean, I guess being a boss, it's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Like, you know, it is startling when one of your employees quits and like, you're just like, what what the heck's going on? So anyway. Were you nervous to walk in there and say um, that? Or were you just like, yes, this is the last yes. thing between me and Frida? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes and no. I mean, it is nerve wracking because, I mean, I did do it very shortly. And if I wasn't so nervous, I might have just given her a long conversation and explained exactly why but I was like I'm leaving right <laughs> bye right we're right, right. out <laughs> yeah out. peace exactly and so then what transpired afterwards um, was you know managers above me coming to me and being like where are you going nowhere right <laughs> people be like you don't have a job yep Well, I think, I mean, that was, again, one of the main reasons that I wanted Mm -hmm. to do this podcast is because certainly, like, telling your boss that you're leaving when Mm -hmm. you know you're going to another job is a completely different Mm -hmm. conversation within the office, but also a completely different mental sort of um, thing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to say that very eloquently. But that's completely different mentally than when you are literally leaving and being like, I have no backup plan, which was the case for both of you Mm -hmm, guys. mm -hmm. So, um, Dara, did you end up you told them when your last date would be did you stick through that or were they basically well, like they, don't let the door hit your ass <laughs> yes yes <laughs> they basically were like no we're not giving you your three weeks yeah. there's no need for you to be here for three weeks we can't just give you company money <laughs> right and I was actually one okay I was doing it for the health insurance right because I wanted to be out the first week of February but also I was trying to be nice about it because I know how hard it is when someone leaves abruptly right. like you need someone to help period. but yeah. They were very much a, like, leave. <laughs> well, I do think sometimes that that it can be, I mean, it obviously, like, varies, mm-hmm. and I'm no expert in quitting jobs, because mm-hmm. I've worked at the same place for 10 years. <laughs> but uh, You've literally never quit anything. I've yes, never, I I've never, I read books that I hate just because I can't put them down. Yes. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not a quitter, I guess. I'm a hang on for dear life. <laughs> yes. But, um, you know, I think that it can differ by mm-hmm. company, and some have policies that if somebody is leaving mm-hmm. to basically, like, you know, don't let them say any longer mm-hmm. kind of thing. Right. Secrets. Secrets. <laughs> I know. I know. You're like, I don't care. Exactly. I literally, I'm, I'm leaving. leaving because I could not care less about <laughs> yes, anything exactly. that happens. I don't care about anything. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. 
Um, so anyway, I said that like again, most people it's completely different if you leave a job because you are going mm-hmm. to another one. That's completely different than leaving with no backup plan. Were you guys, you know, Dara, you mentioned that some of your coworkers and managers mm-hmm. were like, Where are you going next? Mm-hmm. Like, can you guys talk a little bit about the kind of reactions you got when mm-hmm. you told people mm-hmm. like, No, I left for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like it's just over. <laughs> Anything stick out as people being like, I don't get it. Well, okay, multiple layers. Um, Colleagues, you know, the ones, the team I was managing, they were like, whoa. There were one, there were multiple, it was like, whoa, that's baller. Like, oh my goodness, go you. And then they're like, oh no, where are you going? And I was just like, I have no plan, but I'm not going to be here. And I basically was just very philosophical and, you know, soul searchery about it. Like, if, you know, this place isn't serving you or making you happy, you got to leave. But then I I didn't tell my dad before I did it because I knew he was because the first time I quit something, he was like, why did you do that? I was like, you don't understand. I was literally dying being there. So this time um, I didn't tell him. And then after like the week after when I was like when I was not going to have any place to go the next day and I was going to be home, I was just basically like, so Because we should clarify you live at home. Yes, yeah. I live at home. Yeah. <laughs> Proudly. Proudly. <laughs> but all, all as a way of saying your dad would notice yes, if you exactly. didn't <laughs> He would notice. Yeah, he would. So um, I basically told him, and he was like, what? Why? Why are you doing that? Like, that makes no sense. Da, 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 da. So I basically, now that I'm older, I, like, shut it down immediately. I was just kind of like... No, you don't understand what I was going through. Like, this place was eating me alive. I had to get out. And right. and then even he still brought it up the next week. And I was like, no, this conversation's over. Like, it's done. It's That was my final decision. I have new plans for my life. Like, that's it. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what about you? What kind of reactions did you hear from people? Well, when I first quit, which, as I was saying before, I sort of had this cushion where I had to, like, work mm-hmm. for a few months. So in that time, I was still, like, hanging on to the idea that I would just, like, get another boring insurance law job (laughs) Um, and I was like you know kind of interviewing and a lot of people at the company were leaving at that time because of this like move so you know it was kind of just like oh where are you interviewing what are you doing Mm -hmm. but eventually before I actually left that's when I made like the real decision to totally blow up my life which (laughs) (laughs) before yeah I thought I would just like stay in New York and get another boring job but like a partial blow up Mm -hmm. yeah like just like a mini blow up but mm-hmm. then they're like you know there's like a man behind this whole story which oh, I won't get into <laughs> but I decided to just like fully blow up my whole life and then I like quit everything I stopped applying for jobs I sent everything in my apartment home to my parents house in Ohio wow. I booked a ticket to France and I stayed for a month what? yeah mm-hmm. and that's when I started writing and then became yeah. an editor and like yeah. changed my whole life mm-hmm. which like in retrospect I kind of wish I had like made that big dramatic decision from the beginning because <laughs> it's like such a good story yeah no. it started out as just like dipping my toes into mm-hmm. the water of leaving this job but yeah so I feel like once I finally made that announcement where I was like hey guys not interviewing for any more jobs. I'm going to Paris. See you later. I mm-hmm. hate New York. <laughs> then I got a lot more reactions, but mm-hmm. I feel like they were mostly positive. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people just being like, yes, mm-hmm. this is exactly what you should do. Like, right. why not? Which, like, you know, in fairness, you have to like recognize that, yeah, I had this like severance pay yeah. and I had parents who could mm-hmm. help me out a little bit if needed. They don't yeah. support me or anything. Exactly. But like, that's, you know, a really privileged position to be mm-hmm. in. But I think a lot of people were just like, if you have the means and opportunity to do this, like, yes, do mm-hmm. it. I want to go to Paris for a month. I think, like, you know, some people thought I was 
maybe a little crazy, but I think it was more of like an envious thing. Like right. people being like, I want to do that. Exactly. And it's kind of like, well, you can. Yeah. You absolutely can. Well, it seems like for, <laughs> in talking to both of you guys, people have come out of the woodwork mm-hmm. in both of your situations and been like, how do I do that? Yeah. Like, how did you do that? And like, I think it's interesting because everyone thinks the idea of quitting a job is so scary to come right. back to that word. But mm-hmm. like, you guys both know that people were almost in awe mm-hmm. of you sort of walking away from something that feels like an impossible yeah. thing to yeah, walk away exactly. from in both of your situations. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. I mean, I get it. Like, I don't have a family and I don't have, like, kids and I don't have a house mortgage. I mean, but I do have student loans. Um, but, like, before I quit, I also prepared. Like, I was saving my money. I'm quitting <laughs> hack. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Prepare. Like, so, <laughs> so yeah, I do have a quitting hack. So, um, my friend who, um, or former friend, she was an accountant. She is an accountant. And she taught me that you should save 20% of your paycheck every week, every time you get it. And so, I had been doing that. And I accumulated, like, almost $5,000 in savings. Yeah. So, I was prepared to, like, be without a job for a month, which was exactly what it was and that's what I did I booked a trip to Bermuda like you know and I was prepared so my thing is if you know you're gonna quit at least prepare a little bit like save some money you know yeah don't just literally throw your phone in a fountain right (laughs) but I do think like you know leaving aside like people who have kids to support or people who have no support system they could fall back on like I was saying like my Mm -hmm. parents don't support me but like I know if I needed a few months help they could and that is a great privilege that Mm -hmm. I don't take for granted but like if I think for people who are in similar situations to that where like you have a cushion or you have a fallback they're still really scared but having quit once and like I've also been laid off from a job Mm -hmm. another time in this building it's awkward (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, New York is just in one yeah it is or am I just not good at jobs I don't know Um, I'm great at my current job don't fire me Um, but anyway having been through it twice now it's just like you know if you do have those like cushions Mm -hmm. and you don't have like these obligations that you really can't set aside for a month or two Mm -hmm. like I think you can most people can do it Mm -hmm. like when I was laid off from another job I was really scared then because I hadn't been prepared I you know I didn't have any backup plan but like I found temp work and I reached out to people and like I ended up finding another job pretty quickly which isn't the case for everyone and I'm not saying it's not scary Mm -hmm. or that it's like a positive thing but I just think it's like it seems so insurmountable in your mind. But mm-hmm. once you've been through it a time or two, like now, like I don't want to get fired. I love my job. It's still a little scary, but I'm just like not worried about that anymore. Right. Like, and if I'm like, if I'm ever as unhappy as I was in that original job, like mm-hmm. I just know, like you don't have to be stuck with it. Exactly. If you have the right circumstances. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like now, I mean, I'm a preschool teacher and children. <sighs> <laughs> they, you know, your patient. Happy side? Yeah, it's, it's like a, it's both. Like sometimes, you know, I'm like, oh, I want to leave my job, but I don't because I, I right now I love it. But like I, same. I'm like, oh, if you know, if I decide to quit or like you know something happens, I'm not afraid. Um, I think we should talk a little bit. I don't know why I didn't even think to call her. I'm like, I, should I call my little sister right now? But my little sister um, who lives in Madison, Wisconsin, she famously had a job that she just like hated, hated, hated doing like sales, whatever. And basically was like, I am going to leave my job and go to nursing school because that's what I've always wanted to do. Like, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to go to nursing school full time. 
Um, long story short, I told her not to do it. I was basically <laughs> like, I was like, no one's job makes them happy. Like, just don't do it. So that was terrible advice. And now she, I like, I'm like, should I just call her You're right now big to sister. have her tell it? I know I'm a terrible <laughs> big sister, but she basically is so happy. She's now literally a baby nurse oh. that I just saw her over Memorial Day weekend. I went out to visit her in her like fab house in Madison, Wisconsin. But she was literally like some days when I'm not working, I just can't wait for it to be a work day oh. <laughs> so I can go to work. It's funny to me that you discouraged your sister yeah. because I feel like you were the exact opposite with me. Which, like, backstory, when I was being... <laughs> like, I don't even remember. I'm no, giving you I'm a blank No, i just, like, stare. when I was being a boring lawyer and I hated it. Oh, I was yeah. so miserable. And Elisa has always worked in, like, the publishing industry and mm-hmm. magazines. And she used to always say to me, like, you should apply for jobs doing what I do. You'd be so good at it. You'd be great at it. And I was always like, I'm not going to just, like, quit my job and waste my law degree. Mm-hmm. No one's going to hire me to work in a magazine with a law degree. Mm-hmm. And you were always just like, yes, they will. Mm-hmm. You should just, like, do it. You hate your job. And... Sounds very Eventually Lisa. I did and you were right. <laughs> it was actually basically I get all the credit, even though I don't remember yeah. encouraging you in that you way. So me. I invented you, but I get all the credit because when Gina blew up her life and moved to Paris and was just like gallivanting around being fancy. Um in reality I was just crying and eating croissants. Right, but it looked Close enough. it looked really fabulous on Facebook. This is like pre Instagram days. Um on Facebook. I'm like in Gina's photo album scrapbook. Yeah. No but no Instagram. Yeah, no Instagram. But um yeah, you were writing this blog that was called Eat, Pray, Pray Cliché, which yes, is so was. good. Wait, Still what? What was it called? Interested. Eat, Pray, Cliché. Oh, my gosh. I love that. That is genius. But it was so – the blog was genius, and it was, like, hilarious. And I kept saying to Gina, it was like, you should send this around to people. You should pitch it out places. And you just – I knew we're never going to yeah. do that. Even then, having no job, I'd quit at this point. I was completely unemployed, and I was still just like – I can't apply for jobs that, like, aren't in my field. Right. Right. Even though you were, like, writing this, like, hilarious blog. Yeah. Even though I'm obviously a natural talent. Mm. Right. <laughs> You're a That's natural star. But anyway, yeah. so I just started sending it to people. I was like, well, yeah, read Gina's blog. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> she was like, hey, I heard you guys are hiring. What about this jumpy blog? <laughs> right. But it worked. It worked. Yeah, exactly. And now here you are. Yeah. Started from the bottom. So I guess what I'm saying is if you're going to quit your job, you should have an Elisa. Yeah. <laughs> But I think that's actually, I'm like, talking about me is a great segue into, no, but um, can you guys talk a little bit about, you know, again, you guys are both very lucky that you had support systems, Mm -hmm. but can you talk about why that kind of became more important? Because again, I think people have this idea that Mm -hmm. if they walk away from a job, like, I will be all on my own and the rest of the world will keep turning and I'll be standing still. Can Mm -hmm. you guys talk a little bit about the way that people maybe came out of the woodwork or opportunities Mm -hmm. came out of the woodwork or like you realize you had more of a Mm -hmm. support system than you thought? I mean, I have an amazing support system. So like I just am lucky in every way. But it's like, yeah, I have family, which I eventually after the Paris gallivanting went and lived with my parents for a few months and then lived with a cousin, um, which was in Ohio, not New York, which Mm -hmm. was terrible but (laughs) still that was you know really generous of family and I always knew I had that I have multiple family members I could go and live with if Mm -hmm. needed and I have a great friend system too Mm -hmm. which like I wouldn't exactly move in with any of my friends but Mm -hmm. like they'd help as much as they can and like I had you or other friends who would you know reach out for jobs and put me in contact with people which is like still true today like when I got laid off a year ago like so many people coming out of the woodwork to be like call this person call that person um so yeah but I think like 
again, I think a lot of people have that. They just don't think about how much support they have. Like, maybe you don't have someone who could pay your rent, which, you know, is a total privilege. But, like, yeah, like, people will help you when you need it. And that makes it a lot less scary. Like, yeah, when I was jobless last time, it was, like, someone was, like, my friend runs a temp agency. So I emailed them, and they got me a job. And then people were, like, I heard so-and-so is hiring. Mm -hmm. And even, like, I applied for one job, and I didn't get it. But, like, the person I was interviewing with was like still sending me she was like i'm so sorry about not getting this job but like here's another job i think you'd be amazing for mm-hmm. i'd be happy to recommend you for that like i think everyone has a real network yeah. that they don't even know about i think so too for me that was the same my you know obviously i was my family was supportive and like i lived at home so that was not rent wasn't an issue and my dad was always helpful as much as he can because he has his own bills too. But he was as helpful as he could. And then I also had I had a lot of friends who were just like, hey, here's this temp agency. Or, hey, like, this kid needs to be babysat. Like, you know, so I think I think you're right, Gina, that people have a support system that they just don't realize is there. Like, you can reach out to them. So, Anna, that's so heartwarming. And to change to a boring <laughs> logistic note, what did you guys both do for insurance? Because I think, you know, the salary uh, is one thing, but I think there is this real, like, fear around being yes, uninsured. Yes. So, Dara, what did you do? Well, so I, well, I mean, most recently I was uninsured for maybe three months. So I took my February, you know, Bermuda, I relaxed, whatever. And then I actually started being a preschool teacher in March. So I had, like, a month off from working. And then my insurance kicked in and, like, May or so you get insurance through your preschool yes, yeah, job. Yeah, for my job right okay. now. But so like, you were yeah. lucky in that you didn't have yeah. too much time mm-hmm. or you were uninsured. But I, before that, before I even like got the interview and all that, I was like, I might have to do Obamacare or something because I know right. like if you don't have health insurance, like at the end of the year with taxes, you can be fined or whatever. Right. And I was like, I mean, I don't want to pay that fine. So. Right, right, yeah. right. Gina, mm-hmm. you had Obamacare for a while, right? Yeah, well, I was actually... I went without insurance for years when I was not technically unemployed, but I was freelancing. Um, so when I first left my job, I had like a few months of COBRA or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. even remember. I'm mm-hmm. really bad with this kind of stuff. Even though that was your literal <laughs> job. Even though my literal job was insurance. <laughs> okay, moving along. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, when, I, when that ran out and I switched to freelance, I was actually without insurance for a couple years. And then when Obamacare went in. Gina used to say dramatic things like, if it's my time, it's my time. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, if I ever am in a car accident and I'm hanging on, like, it's just it. let me go. I don't have the money to pay for it. I don't want that to be on my family. That's really dark. Um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, but I don't. real. <laughs> Come on. It's not the smartest thing to be without insurance, so mm-hmm. I'm not recommending that. But, you know, I was relatively young, and I don't have any health problems that are, like, ongoing, which, you know, again, is not the case for everyone. But... It, for me, kind of seemed worth it. Like, I don't, you know, I go to, like, the lady doctor once a year and the eye doctor once a year, and then I get, like, one bad cold that I just, like, sleep Power for two through. days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if anything had happened, I would have been totally screwed. So you really can't recommend that. But I was fine. And then, yeah, inevitably, in, uh, eventually, when the Obamacare legislation passed and it was like, you're going to be fined if you don't have insurance. Thanks, Obama. Just kidding. Actually, thank you. I think universal health care is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did decide to sign up for Obamacare for a few months. Um, it was really expensive in mm. New York. Um, not so much other places in the country. I know my sister was looking into it and it's not so bad. New York rates are just expensive, but it was manageable and I did it for a few months before I got insurance. But I also think now, or maybe it was like, always the case and i just was too lazy and bad at insurance mm-hmm. to look it up but there are really good options for like freelancers or just like people who don't have traditional insurance so mm-hmm. i think that's 
like what's that one oscar yeah yeah i I've think i think i have friends that use that and it's like pretty reasonable rates and there's a lot of like incentives to just mm-hmm. like go to the gym and have a healthy lifestyle but like you get i don't know i just i think that's manageable too is all yeah. i'm saying like i went without insurance and i it was a risk i was willing to take and luckily for me it turned out okay but mm-hmm. like that's probably not the best course of action but i think there are alternatives to getting mm-hmm. insurance if you really want to leave i think so um, Especially now that Obamacare. Yeah. Thing. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. And like, you were signing up at the very beginning when I feel like it was still like, Ooh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now it's a little like ironed out. <laughs> right. But um, we had a um, story that ran on Cosmopolitan.com over a year ago at this point, but everyone on staff still talks about it. Um, almost 600,000 people shared this story. The headline is, Why I Gave Up a $95,000 Job to Move to an Island and Scoop Ice Cream by Noel Hancock, who is a amazing and super talented writer um, who was planning on calling into the podcast today, but unfortunately was unable to. But um, she wrote this entire story about having this really fancy job where she was making almost 100 grand a year in New York and basically eventually gave it all up to move to St. John, Mm. literally scooping ice cream. It's such an interesting story. You guys have to read it. One of the points she makes through doing this whole adventure is just that it made her sort of realize that the American idea of sort of like having one career that you slave away at for years and years and years isn't necessarily the way that people think about work Mm -hmm. in all places and environments. So I feel like that is a pretty interesting epiphany but she has this line in it and noelle i'm sorry i'm you're not here to be saying this yourself but she has this line in the story that for my when i first read this over a year ago just stuck out in my brain so much she says if you're constantly thinking you need a vacation maybe what you really need is a new life preach preach (laughs) (laughs) but i just love that Mm -hmm. and like i do think that One of the things that she says so neatly or that is summed up so neatly by that phrase is the idea that why would you do something, you know, eight plus hours a day that is making you miserable? I mean, that is your whole life, your Mm -hmm. job in some ways. Your job shouldn't be your whole life, Mm -hmm. but you spend more time at work than you spend time doing anything else. So if you're miserable, why would you continue doing that? And Dara, I think that's a big thing that you have been been reaching. That is like my life. That is exactly because like, I mean, I think this, so this is the second time I quit a media job. And I think for me, it was like, that's it. I need to just leave because this is not where my heart is anymore. And I was fantasizing about vacations all the time, but I couldn't take them because, you know, vacations aren't that easy to take when you work in media. Right. Um, the and internet never stops <laughs> Exactly, <running>. exactly. <laughs> Why am I getting calls at 12 a.m. about Kanye's new album? Um, <laughs> so... Um, so for me, that's I love that because now I'm chasing a life where I like I want to be happy. So you know, for me, um, like you know, Gina went from you know insurance to media. I'm going from media because I want I'm going to like therapy. I want to be you know a, a therapist. I'm gonna become get my degree, my master's in uh, social work. But eventually, I want to be a therapist and like work with children because I love children so much and like families and all that and. Like do something really hands on. Yeah, hands on and something yeah. like I love. Like I even at, at my preschool now, it's like I love it. You know, of course there are days where I'm on because I'm on my feet all day that I'm just like ah. But like ultimately, I love the children. I love having weird conversations about painting flowers. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was um in Florida over the weekend on vacation. Actually, also I should shout out um one of the little somebody commented on my Instagram. Let me find her handle. <laughs> um who said she's a podcast listener and I was so touched 
Now I can't find it. Anyway, Elisa loves this got when boring. people suck up to her about the podcast. <laughs> I do. Keep doing it, guys. No, Comment on her Instagram. It was so cute. I was in Florida, and once somebody commented on my Instagram, and she was like, "Podcast listener, you're in my hometown." Mm-hmm. So, um, shout out to all the podcast what, listeners what? in um, Santa Sanibel Island, Florida. Mm-hmm. But um, oh, this, now that I remembered what I was actually going to say, this is such a boring and pointless aside. <laughs> I was just going to say I overheard you were talking about how much you love working with kids. Mm-hmm. When I was in Florida at this pool over the weekend, I heard a little like four-year-old call another four-year-old a meanie. <laughs> I was like, meanie? That brings me back. <laughs> oh, the kids yeah. are so funny. Exactly. They're yeah. so mm-hmm. funny. Um yeah, and I know my little sister who I was mentioning earlier, like, loves just every day. Her job is literally mm-hmm. to hold Career babies yeah. and, like, bring them mm-hmm. into the world. Yeah. yeah. And I, because, like, I think, not to dog my family or anything, but I think I think a lot of people come from families where they're like, yeah, you do this job, that's it. And I think that's where my dad, when he was constantly like, why are you doing this, stems from that. It's like, you do one job and that's what you do for the rest of your life. And I was like, and I was like, I can't do that. I can't be miserable right and just you know do my job and not actually love it and be happy about it because if you're happy about your job you thrive so yeah and i mean i think the thing is like i've had a job that i hated and now i have a job that i love and like i do i love my job it's amazing but like it's still a job Mm -hmm. i still like i don't want to get up in the morning Mm -hmm. and i complain about it and i feel like i need a vacation sometimes (laughs) but like I remember how I felt when I had a job I hated and that Mm -hmm. was so different. Like I was really just really unhappy in a deep way all the time. I was sick to my stomach on Sunday nights because I didn't want to go in. And like that to me is just a feeling I feel like I never want to repeat again. And like if that is how you're feeling, I think that is the case where it's like it is time to just quit. Like if it's just like I'm tired and I hate going to these meetings and like whatever. But like if you are like deeply unhappy at your job, you should quit. Yeah, like, that's I feel like to me the like that's, you feel like you need a vacation all the time. Right, you yeah. need a vacation from if your it's life. You right, yeah. yeah, and it's just like everyone needs a break, and jobs are going to be jobs even when you really love them. But like mm-hmm. ultimately, your job should be something that makes you feel right. happy and fulfilled, like a majority of the time. And that's what happened with me. It, it got to the point of depression. Like yeah. I had a friend who was like, "I think you're depressed." Yeah, and I was like, "I think you're right." <laughs> <laughs> I just was like in tears. And that once I realized that, I was like, "Okay." I got to get myself out of this situation. I was in survival mode. I was like, how do I fix this? And I was like, you know, I had gained weight and like I had like broken out. And like to me, what I knew I made the right decision because sometimes I was like, oh, why did I do that? Like I had such a steady paycheck and I was making a good amount of money. Like, what am I doing? But I think about how like after I quit my job, like, you know, weight started to come off and like my skin cleared up that even people noticed. They were like, what? What are you doing? Right. So mm. I am. And I'm like, I'm glad you mentioned how much weight you gained. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. But um, I'm glad you mentioned sort of the physical aspects of it, because just really quickly before we have to wrap up, like mm-hmm. I have had other friends that like have stories about like going to the doctor and the doctor being like, what is wrong with your body? Mm-hmm. Like your hormones are out of whack Mm -hmm. and like when you are that unhappy or that depressed as you said for so long like that really does begin to manifest itself physically um and i feel like yeah when it gets to that point it's like what are you even doing to yourself Mm -hmm. like you can't torture yourself like that so um we have to wrap up now but i would love for you guys to share like maybe one final thing you guys not that this is like 
I mean, part of the point of this podcast is to encourage people to quit their jobs if they need to get out. But of course, not that I think everyone should like hand that resign go- mm-hmm. Google <laughs> resignation letter. But um, is there one thing that you guys sort of wish you knew then that you know now that you want to share with our listeners in Florida and beyond? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I just I feel like this is going back to what I was saying before but I just wish I hadn't been afraid to take that risk for so long because you know like media isn't everyone's dream job Dara hates it but (laughs) (laughs) but it just turns out I'm doing something I really like and feel good at now and I did not feel that way for over four years and it made me so unhappy but I was too scared to change anything about it but like I had the network and the skills and the ability and the support system to do it that whole time and I wish I hadn't wasted four mm-hmm. years just ultimately being unhappy when I didn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say... Do you, have a, do you have one final hack? <laughs> <laughs> no. Hmm. So, wait, what did you ask us? What's If there's something you know now that you would wish you had known then. Um, that it's going to be okay. It's going to be yeah. okay. Yeah. That it's like you, you're going to be fine no matter what. That getting out of the worst situation is better than not getting out of it. <laughs> that makes any sense. My makes sense. That, makes, that makes perfect sense. Well, Dara and Gina, thank you guys so much for talking about your mm-hmm. brave decision to do something mm-hmm. that everyone has fantasized about many a times mm-hmm. in their career. Um, I think it's really important, especially for women, to talk about these kinds of experiences and to know that it's another option out there in the world. Um, And thank you guys all for listening to Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Elisa Benson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat, which I use like once every six months, (laughs) at Elisa Benson. If there's something you want us to talk about on an upcoming episode of the podcast, tweet at me and let me know. And otherwise, we will see you next week. Please subscribe it and share. Subscribe it. What, What am I talking about? Please subscribe to the podcast. Share it. Tweet it. Pass it along. Send this to a friend that needs to quit their jobs. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.